Well, hello and welcome to episode number 475 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I am Carlos and in this week's show we've got a flame-grilled Range Rover, EasyJet have been writing some big checks, a Pernu Premium Airline is uh, arising, and shock horror, Nev's been demoted to 11A. I, be- I beg your pardon. <laughs> In the military news this week, we have got a fantastic story all about a World War II aircraft catapult. And loads more as well, plus the results of our quiz as well uh, with Nev. And uh, joining me this week uh, across the uh, across the village there, back from his trip over to the United States of America, it's, of course, Matt Smith. Oh, hello. Have, have I been somewhere then? Did I miss the memo? Sorry. Oh, it's, it's... I did miss you. I did miss you, Matt. I tell you, honestly, it's awful you not being here. It's only because you had to go and get your own dinner. I know. It's all... <laughs> I was boiling the kettle of... full kettle of water every day in the... Oh, oh, no. Sad, isn't it? I know. Never mind. I know. Yeah. But uh, you had fun, didn't you? I had an, an awful lot of fun, and we'll talk about my, my trip uh, yeah. very, very shortly, but we'll get the introductions out of the way before we do that. And uh, also joining us from across the fields and rivers and lakes, he is our connoisseur of all things BA and C1A. Is of course Neville Bounds. Yes, yeah, bit uh, damp over this side of the country at the moment. And um, yes, I've been flying this week uh, in C1A on BA, um, but uh, I had to have a bit of a bit of a rant, uh, surprisingly, <laughs> on. Um, Thursday on my way up to Edinburgh uh, and I think even the producer has come up with some sort of uh, sting to uh, to cover that situation <laughs> very much so yeah absolutely. yes more on that later so make sure you stay tuned to hear that new intro to Nev's new segment <laughs> of the show and uh, um, uh, Mondo unfortunately can't join us this week but we have got a very special little video to play out in just a moment uh, but uh, he's back with us this week it's our associate producer on the show uh, of course uh, is with the lovely pink muff it's Nick Codling <laughs> Hi, Carlos. Have I had a promotion? We need to, we need to get on to Who's in charge of HR these days? HR, HR. Rolls. Associate producer. And also, we mustn't forget as well, in our ear. He's back in our ears this week. It's lovely to have him back. He's been missing for ages because he's been working very hard. Uh, so say hello to John. Lovely. Good. There well he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, everyone. He did say hello. He did say hello. Yeah, so yeah. he's back with us in our ears this week. So good to have him back on air. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, like I said, Armando can't join us tonight because he's far too busy, obviously, flying planes um, the truth, yeah. and stuff. Last, so, last I, week with me in them. <laughs> with, with Matt in them last week, honestly. <laughs> Uh, but he has uh, sent us in uh, a little video, hasn't he, Matt? He has indeed, yeah, absolutely. Let, let's give that little play then, shall we? Hey, team. I just wanted to say hello and uh, start off with a big thank you to Matt, who I think, I hope, had a great trip. I'm sure he's going to talk about uh, all the things that we did. But uh, for me, it was a, just an absolute pleasure to have him spend some time with uh with the carry-on family doing all things aviation. I mean, he's gonna, like I said, he's gonna talk about it, but we flew the Hawker, we flew the 206. We uh, saw the Cub behind me, he helped me clean it. We went up and saw the biplane amongst all kinds of other things <clears throat> and even got to see 
a little bit of Charlotte and did some things that uh, weren't aviation related. But um, funny, we were so busy that I think I need a vacation <laughs> from that. I think Matt knows what I'm talking about. And uh, we're actually going to uh, have a couple work trips to do this week and especially on Friday, but I'll get back. And then the family, we're going to go up camping in Tennessee, um, take some uh, much needed time off there. Um, we've got some great stories coming at you and some good military stories there at the end of the show, as long as the guys get around to it. Um, but I just wanted to say uh, cheers to Matt and uh, everybody else that uh, kind of jumped in and, and uh, cheered him on getting over here to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'll take care. There we go. And he's absolutely right. I am utterly exhausted. It was a great week, though. <laughs> oh, Captain Cruz, clean it. Did he barf into it? No, I did not. How very rude. <laughs> no, how, how, what do you think of the Piper map? Because obviously the, the uh, bear, the cub is very, is very kind of a, a small, tiny little aircraft. I, I have to say that the work that he's done on it, I mean, it looks absolutely pristine, as I'm sure you, you were well aware when, when you... Because you did have a fly in it, didn't you? Yeah, we had some a few hours in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there, no, no flying for me in that way. I went out, I went out in the posh Cessna instead, which uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was very grateful for. Um, but uh, it's an absolutely beautiful plane. We were there. Uh, he had a couple of... As you may know, he's bought himself a new plane. He's bought himself a biplane. Um, and he had uh, a couple of people come and look at it while we were there so we spent um the tuesday morning before i flew home busy polishing it and uh, getting it all nice and ready because i see any trouble where he is on that airfield where it dusty. lives it's so so dusty and obviously yeah. he wanted to make sure it was in absolutely tip-top pristine presentation um and uh, yeah a couple of people were very interested in it. it's a beautiful little uh, plane it has to be said um but uh, yeah we did have a go in the little the little cessna we had a lovely little two and a bit hour flight over to where um where it lives which was truly uh, i i i actually I, I can't believe i'm going to say this but involving a, a flight i actually got quite emotional um because it was utterly brilliant so i had a really good journey i love the triple seven by the way um the problems that i had with the 757 with like breathing difficulties and that kind of thing got none of that there i didn't even have problems with my ears you know you like the the ear pressure thing i didn't have any of that on the triple seven and and that was a real problem in the seven five it just goes to show how the technology um the technology's moved on if you like from um when the 75 was built versus the the, the triple seven um the 13c i highly recommend by the way 13a or c uh was <laughs> absolutely glorious because you had all the leg room in the entire world um in premium economy it was like being in business um because you got your posh food and all that kind of thing and you get a recline as well you do yeah recline, absolutely yeah. You do. Oh, no it wasn't a slight recline it was a really i mean it wasn't like flat or anything but it was a mm. it was uh really really good um as a lovely flight there and back very little turbulence turbulence which was nice the food was incredible uh to say um we did have one uh wobble shall we say uh while we were out uh out and about flying because um we so here's the thing i did get into the um parachute plane oh <laughs> <laughs> I did get into the parachute plane. Unfortunately, uh, that's where it ended. Uh, I, I must admit, I had quite a bad 
ex- sort of like experience if you like in there it wasn't um didn't really work for me if i'm honest um and i i, I think what it was uh, for me was that it was there's no seats in that obviously because it's no. designed to have people flying around and we, we were at one flying and we and we flew over to another one um just to sort of check in and stuff and i i must admit i did really struggle on that and i i think uh, armando had plans of doing a little bit of a sightseeing tour and I had to sort of uh, politely decline that and like you know I, I wasn't quite at a point where I was refusing to like get back in the plane but <laughs> it was it was a bit on on edge I did struggle with that one so I must admit when we then got in the is it the 205 the other one the Cessna mm-hmm. is it a 205 have I got that right somebody correct me if I'm wrong 206 is it 206 might be a 206 I can't remember yeah might be anyway whatever it was I think it was the 20 um Two or six, you're probably more more correct. So somebody will correct us in the chat room, I'm sure. Um, but it was uh, Matt was wearing a parachute. No, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, it was a two or six. Thank a glass you, of milk first, man. Uh, no, no. And actually, if I'm honest with you, I wished I had because uh, <laughs> that would have helped. Um, but uh, yeah, so we were in the, uh, the say we had a, a, a two and a bit hour. It was so it was two hour flight. Um, from Charlotte, which is where the the 206 lives, um, to over where the biplane lives. And I must admit, when I got in there, I was super nervy. I had absolutely no reason to. We had a beautiful flight from from there to... I've forgotten. It's so bad that I've forgotten where where the plane was. Um, So I apologise for that. Um, And I must confess, on the way home, I actually got quite emotional uh, because it was a it was a real sort of um, I guess it was a a real sort of um, moment for me where it was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And we had a beautiful sunset as we were coming into land because we were quite late back um, towards the end of the day while we were getting ready to uh, to sort of like you can just see in the video that I'm playing here if you watch on YouTube, the beautiful beautiful sunset and i have to say i had a, a, a classical piece of music on playing in the background through the fantastic bluetooth headphones that were on the plane i was like those happy lights i know perfect i know too, too white too red of perfect course. yes it was a perfect. flying what do you expect um and it was just I, it was proper emotional as we were coming into land and stuff with the most beautiful view and the 206 is an utterly gorgeous plane it, it's a, it's like being I, I akin to it being in like the hawker it, it got that same sort of build quality and everything felt really nice the only thing that was missing was obviously the uh, the gorgeous uh, you know the, the the champagne that went with it really but i did have a a nice bottle of water with me while we were there it was just it was i mean look at that landing i mean it's ridiculous isn't it he is he is very good <laughs> he is very good at what he does indeed indeed it was utterly brilliant um it's uh and then uh, some things that i won't talk about which was really precious to me which was time with armando and his gorgeous family it was so lovely to spend some time with them which i won't uh, talk about because that's you know very personal to uh to to me um but yeah it, it is a, a it was a, a tiring week but one that i am not joking i will remember for the rest of my life it was utterly spectacular <laughs> Well, I'm glad you had a good time, and uh, you're back uh, back to the good old UK now. What Indeed, more did you want? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back. That's why. <laughs> so we are. Uh, yeah, we're going to say hello to everyone in the chat room. Uh, let's have a look and see who is in jumping in there first. We had Richard Adams. Hello to you, Lee Davies. Nick is in there. Nick Codling. He's keeping an eye on. 
Neville Barnes has got his blue banner of doom, keeping an eye out for those bots. Uh, Mazus, hello to the local listener, Mazus. Good to see you in there. Uh, Aaron P, hello. Hobby time as well. Dirk S, uh, Captain Cruz, obviously in there with his witty comments. Uh, Mash is also in there as well. Good to see you in there. Prop Sky, hello to you. Uh, uh, Richard E Flag, uh, good to see you as well in there. And make sure I don't miss anyone out. Jan, hello to Jan, who's in there. Good to see you, Dirk S. Bill, hello to Bill. Captain Ridiculous Wits, wouldn't be the chat room without uh, Captain Ridiculous Wits in there. Uh, Jenny, the lovely Jenny in Rome, have very special hello to you, Jenny. And uh, who else we got? Scrolling down, make sure I don't miss anyone out. Masha, hello to you. Our, our main man, Uncle Micah, in there, just asking... Uh, did you enjoy your uh, your first Krispy Kremes, Matt? I do. I did, actually. And we timed it just right because they were literally coming off the um, the belt. I mean, I have to say that... W- w- into your mouth. Into very my nice. mouth, literally, yeah. <laughs> and I only ate four of them. I was very proud of myself in one sitting, I'll be honest. Um, it's which, Again, as a diabetic, perhaps not ideal. Uh, I'll tell you what, Nev, I don't know if you find this because obviously you go to the States quite a lot as well. But everything is so sweet. Yes. That, that is definitely um, a thing. Yeah. And uh, certainly when you go to a place like Tim Hortons for coffee, uh, there are no shortages of sweet things in no. there to accompany it as well. No, right. I know. As I say, don't, don't get me wrong, it was utterly wonderful. And, of course, you know, if I had any form of self-control, then obviously I wouldn't have eaten them. But, you know, you can't be, you can't be, in, Christ, you can't be in the home of donuts. You're there, you know. you're there Chris, for a week, I Matt. Know. In Chris, you know, in Krispy Kreme donuts, and as as uh, Micah is saying there, like they were literally hot off the rolling carousel. I mean, you couldn't have got more perfect, and it was a different world. I I will I will confess, but uh, uh, you know, well, there we go. Yeah. So, for those of you who listen uh, to the uh, the audio show, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We are over there live every Friday night at seven o'clock. And if you catch us on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe and that bell icon as well to find out when we're recording live episodes. So it has been a very busy week for uh, one of our members of the team, uh, resident BA aficionado. <laughs> and it is, of course, that time of the show where we have a new segment to bring you. <laughs> so over to you, Neville Bounce. Attention, this is the final call for British Airways Flight 475. Paging from us with Mr. Neville Bounce. Your seat 1A is waiting for you. <laughs> well, um, th- th- once again, we're not short of material for this new segment. Uh, whether we'll be playing it every week or not, I don't know, because I'm not <laughs> flying every week. But um, once again, the boarding of the aircraft. Yes, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? And uh, BA uh, did not excel themselves at all on Thursday. However, they're doing the usual business of, all oh, we'd like to check in... Lots of bags, please, because there's not enough room on our A319 for everybody's bags. Not true, in my opinion. Uh, I was travelling with a colleague, Daniel, uh, who I work with, and I'm not very good at travelling with colleagues, I have to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> not actually very good with travelling with Mrs Nev, either. But, oh, uh, shh, don't, don't, t- don't tell her that bit. No, no. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm in the usual seat, and uh, they want to check in bags. I'm going, no, forget all that. However, my colleague, Daniel, did not really know the protocol for this sort of thing, so... He uh, very compliantly checked his bag in at the counter. And the uh, operative on the counter said, oh, that's fine, uh, 
Mr. Daniel, I've nearly said his surname there. Uh, that's like, fine, Mr. Da Daniel. Your bag will be first off when you get to Edinburgh. Yeah, that's a bold promise. <laughs> I mean, the and comedy value in that statement is massive. I, I mean, was it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> how surprising. And, of course, more delays, more delays, more delays. Got to Edinburgh, uh, couldn't attach the um, uh, jetway to begin with. Then it was attached. And then we were already late for a meeting in Edinburgh and we waited nearly 40 minutes for his bag wow the carousel and it was one the last off as well how surprising of course it was yes <laughs> so we we just carry on with this ridiculous stuff and I'd, I'd I don't know why why they do it I don't see any value in it whatsoever um, but uh, they tried it again on the way back but actually they're a little bit more um, uh, Menzies uh, ground handling at Edinburgh a bit more um, savvy to this so they, they just say well we're looking for volunteers you know so I said Dan don't, don't you, you do dare, don't even <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's had his fingers burnt now I don't I don't think he'll do it again either well it, there's there's been some good things um, so he had his first trip on the Heathrow pod at Terminal mm -hmm. 5 so that's Ooh. a game changer for him so that's that's you know uh, compensated I think for the events of Thursday a couple of things about the flight uh, actually on the way back just a big shout out to Kyle who was the in-flight lead really good job I've met him once before actually on a previous flight um, so that was nice and we kind of recognized each other and also I was sat next to a very nice family uh, in the first row that were going to Washington to the Smithsonian Museum um, so they were going from uh, Edinburgh uh, via Heathrow to uh, to Washington so if you're listening I gave them one of my cards as you do um, I hope you have a great time well, you'll probably be there by now, hopefully. And um, <laughs> yeah, um, but there we go. But no, that's uh, that's my uh, terminal tantrum for this week. Checking in bags at the counter. Don't do it. Attention, this is the flight call for British Airways Flight Four Seven Five. Paging for us with Mr. Neville Miles. Your seat one A is waiting for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Thank you, Nev. <laughs> I love that we fi we finally have a little uh, um, stinger for it. That's that's glorious news. Yeah, it's very it good. Very good. For a while. Yes, and there it is, present and correct. I look forward to the next rant, Nev. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, you might have to wait. Uh, well, actually, we're off to Gran Canaria, uh, Mrs. Nev and I, at the end of the month. So uh, normally on domestic flying, there's not too much of an incident. Although, of course, they did lose my bag the time. <gasps> so so there's, there's the possibility for more content, certainly. Lovely. Look forward to it. OK. <sighs> so we've got loads of stuff to get through on the show this week and uh, loads of great stories for the commercial news and military as well. So if everyone is ready. Indeed. Now, first up this week, and I say thanks to Nick for putting his story up for me for first. Honestly, Nick, what is what you like? Uh, this comes from perthnow.com.au, and the headline just says it all. Uh, Qantas denies IT system failure led to corpses. Yes, you heard me right. Corpses being left in coffins on the tarmac. Oh, my word. 
So Qantas freight system has been sent into chaos after an IT failure meant that goods were unable to be collected from airports. The airline confirmed that a system upgrade to its freight handling system in late September led to an outage that caused significant de uh, delays for customers. With IT systems down, workers were forced to process shipments manually, causing backlogs in deliveries at some of the nation's largest airports. The delays meant unrefrigerated pro uh, produce and pharmaceuticals were ruined, uh, with the Sydney Morning Herald reporting that corpses were left in coffins on the tarmac. Oh, my word. Honestly, Qantas has denied that any were left at any airports with urgent medical supplies and human remains prioritised to avoid delays. The airline said the IT issue had been fixed and domestic backlogs cleared. However, there are still delays on international freight services. The issue has now been addressed, they said, and they are working around the clock to make sure all outstanding items get to where they need to as quickly as possible, said a Qantas freight spokesperson. They said, we appreciate this has been a really frustrating time for customers and we are sorry for the outage that impacted them over the last few weeks. They've been posting regular website updates and getting in touch with customers directly. Not the thing you want to see outside your um, window, Nev, when you're um, sitting there in seat 1A. Another one of those uh, suboptimal situations, I would Yeah. Yeah, especially in the heat in, in Australia, <clears throat> well, yeah, as you know, it's hard. Very unfortunate, but Qantas ha has uh, um, denied all this as well. <clears throat> Says that, uh, hmm. uh, that that was not actually the case. But well, at least it's not nothing here in the UK, Nev, because normally it's an outage here with our IT, isn't it? <laughs> true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very true. Now, Nev, you've got the next so uh, story. And, Have I got to uh, play this stinger again, judging? No, no. <laughs> and Nev, you're you're moving towards the back of the aircraft for this one. Yeah, I'm worried about that. It's on flightradar24.com. Uh, headline says, "Why is Eleven Alpha Europe's most hated airline seat?" Picture the scene in honoured airport dad fashion. You arrive three hours early. That is actually me. Uh, you have checked in online. You fly through security for you are a god-tiered travel guru. You have time for some breakfast and maybe a drink at this ungodly hour of the morning. Your boarding group is called first uh, for you have paid for priority boarding. You skip joyfully towards your reserved window seat ready to soak in the view for the next four hours. You arrive at your seat only to find no windows. Enter seat 11 Alpha on the Ryanair Boeing 737-800. Well, this seat has been a harbinger of both hilarity and fury for Ryanair passengers over the years, leading to an almost endless stream of jokes, complaints and memes across social media. But why is this window seat so windowless? Well, Ryan's seat 11 Alpha is windowless thanks to the Boeing 737's cabin air conditioning system. The air conditioning on modern commercial jets is provided by two packs that regulate the airflow and temperature in the cabin. Aircraft typically have two of these packs located near the main landing gear. High temperature and high pressure air is uh, bled from the engines uh, or, or, or the auxiliary power unit to the packs where it's cooled down and conditioned before circulated into the cabin. The air travels from the packs to the passenger cabin via a series of ducts built into the sidewall of the aircraft. One of these ducts is located alongside seat 11 Alpha 
in the Ryanair 737-800 cabin. Uh, well, as any frequent flyer will know, not all cabins are created equal. Cabin specification is typically selected by the airline, and as such, the seat row assigned next to the ducts can be vary between airlines, and in some cases, even within the same airline. So take the Boeing 737 MAX 8200 aircraft, uh, operated by Ryanair and Buzz. The higher density cabin... Uh, layout has shifted the placement of the windowless seat one row back to 12 alpha. This isn't unique to Ryanair as other carriers operating the Boeing 737NG family experience the same issue. Uh, the windowless seat in an Alaska Airlines cabin resides anywhere between 9 alpha or 11 alpha depending on the variant. It's also useful to note that the placement of the ducts means that seats 12 Alpha, 12 Foxtrot, 14 Alpha and 14 Foxtrot on any Ryan aircraft will also have partially obscured windows due to the system. Uh, here's uh, Flight Radar's 24 uh, recommendations if you're looking to avoid a windowless seat on your next Ryanair flight. Uh, so if your flight's operated by Ryanair, avoid seat 11 Alpha and 12 Alpha. If your flight is operated by Buzz, avoid seat 12A. And if your flight is operated by Malta Air, also avoid seat 12A. Whilst Malta Air and Buzz operate a large proportion of MAX aircraft, next generation aircraft also operate under those brands. So it's a roundabout technique to avoid the windowless seat. If Ryanair specifies the aircraft type operating your flight, you can also identify which seats to avoid. Ryanair have also introduced warnings on restricted views in the seat selection in the booking process. Well, never missing an opportunity to make light of a lightless situation, users on X, formerly Twitter, have wasted no time in sharing their hilarious pictures, memes and suggestions on the woes of seat 11 alpha so take a look at at seat 11 a ryanair for more information you know there is a, a way around this as well nev as you probably already know and that's seatguru.com yes yes see this doesn't bother me at all because uh, uh you know i chose a non-window seat because i'd rather not so if I'm sat in a seat where there isn't a window, that's actually fine by me. It doesn't bother me. And anyway, that's not true. There is a window there. It's just very small and slightly further away. <laughs> yeah, I, I found when I, when I flew out to the States a few months ago, Matt, I, I used Seat Guru, typed in the flight number and the day I was flying, that gave, up, it gave the, the um, aircraft um, seating plan, mm. and I just, I just chose which seat you know, yeah. that I was going to sit in. I have to confess, my seats were chosen by Armando, who no doubt probably did something exactly like that to know which mm. one's going to be best for me. It's, it's a great little site. If you've not already seen it, if you're, gonna, if you're flying anywhere long haul or short haul and you want to find out which seats are, yeah, go on seatguru.com and it'll give you, obviously you pop in your flight number and your uh, day you're flying, and it'll give you a plan of the aircraft you'll be travelling on. And it, it's green and red, so obviously yeah. the red seats are ones to steer clear of and because it, it it does change depending on it, it not necessarily it's not just necessarily say um all uh triple seven two hundred er's mm. for example because it depends on how the cabin has been laid out as to the impact yes you do need to look at it like you know carrier by carrier mm. um tail tail number by tail number really to get a an accurate picture so up next matt uh yep. do you want this one here this okay. is uh 
Well, over to Israel for this one. Indeed. And uh, yes, uh, uh, news uh, hot off the press, actually, while we're talking about where uh, Israel have invaded the Gaza Strip with tanks and everything all going over the border. This is uh, a sort of follow on to that, really. The BBC uh, news website uh, is saying that people are struggling to leave Israel after more flights have been cut. I know BA pulled a few flights, didn't they? And uh, I don't, I don't blame them really, with it such a volatile area at the moment. Securing direct flights from Israel to the UK has become increasingly difficult, with more airlines cancelling flights after the Hamas attacks. Virgin Atlantic is now operating one flight to and from Tel Aviv a day instead of two, while British Airways continues to operate one round trip. EasyJet, Ryanair, Wizz Air, as well as Air France. Lufthansa and Emirates have suspended all flights to the UK while uh, some flights are running. Uh, tickets are scarce with many fully booked. For example, the earliest BA flight to the UK is on Sunday the 15th of October with a one-way ticket costing more than £1,300. Um, Virgin Atlantic and Israel's national carrier El Al, which is still operating two flights daily to London Heathrow and two to Luton Airport, have no availability on their UK bound services until next week flight radar 24 a website which tracks flights really well done bbc uh told the bbc many airlines had cancelled journeys due to safety concerns but added the uh, airspace over israel isn't closed so to uh, so the operate into tel aviv is currently down to individual operators uh, the dwindling number of direct flights leaving the country comes as james cleverly the the uh, foreign secretary uh, uk nationals wishing to leave Israel to, to use commercial transport with no UK government evacuation currently planned. Uh, several airlines have introduced flexible booking policies and allowed customers to change their travel dates for free. Asked if the government's policy on not currently facilitating an evacuation from Israel for UK citizens could change, Mr Cleverly said that the situation in Israel is very fast moving. I'm not able to speculate as to what might happen in future. Um, I mean... You know, it's a good. Um, oh, that, yes. Uh, uh, following on from that, but by the way, as I was saying earlier, an update on that BA plane U-turns from Tel Aviv after flights are suspended. British Airways has suspended flights to Israel after turning back one of its planes shortly before landing due to security concerns. Flight BA one six five has returned to Heathrow after nearly reaching Tel Aviv on Wednesday. BA has said a spokesperson for Israel's airports authority said rockets were flying around Tel Aviv at the time but were not an immediate threat to the flight and uh, the story goes on and I'll, I'll leave it there really my my only concern with this story here and i understand you know why tickets are 1300 pounds but i do feel that i, I don't know i you know the price is the price i guess but I, I and i know they're scarce and therefore they're full but are we are we not in a danger here of somebody trying to profit from this situation by charging very high prices for these flights to get people home i just think they haven't uh, amended um th the pricing structure yeah because right? okay. if you rocked up you know late um yeah. or in terms of booking then you're going to be paying a lot of money and i think someone needs to have a look at that um, yeah bearing in mind the, uh, the 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 distress and the difficulties that are going on there mm. definitely yeah. Now, I should say this story was, I think, released a couple of days ago. Is that correct, Nick? So there is a chance that may well have been updated. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's the only bit that I feel, you know, I understand the reason why there aren't many commercial flights certainly going in. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're going in, then you've got you've got to come home again, I suppose. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just felt, I just, I feel a little uncomfortable with that, with that price being so high really when people are genuinely trying to leave because they just want to, you know, get away from a, a volatile situation, mm. which you can't blame people for, let's be honest. Mm. The John, John is saying the other thing too, is that the price for the airline is going to be quite high, I guess, because they're operating one, you know, essentially empty planes out. Um, and then and then flying home, which which again is is fair, um, you know. Perhaps the issue is that when there is a situation like this, and of course it hasn't been declared as a as an evacuation, has it? Um, and I guess that will have an impact on uh, repatriation, um, you know, where either government flights or other airlines would assist in, um, you know, sort of getting home because presumably the government chip in when there's repatriation flights taking place and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Indeed, I hope you know. I just hope everybody who need who wants to get away from there can do sooner rather than later. So moving on to the next story, and this comes from the BBC.co.uk, and it's a story that hit the headlines this week pretty hard. I think everyone who's anyone in the aviation industry would have heard about this, especially if you live here in the UK mm-hmm. and fly from Luton, which is where I'm flying from, hopefully in December this year. Uh, the uh, Luton Airport. Uh, it's burning car said to have set fire or started the car park fire that hit there this week. Footage has emerged of a burning car which could have caused a massive blaze at Luton Airport's Terminal 2 car park. The video was said to be taken shortly after the fire began on the third floor of the car park late on Tuesday evening. Two women who filmed the car were there to pick up their relatives. They said they saw a fire but the uh, fire extinguisher for the floor was used, so they had to go to another floor to take another fire extinguisher. But the moment when they came back to the car, it exploded and they couldn't go near. Tens of thousands of passengers are thought to have been caught up in the disruption after the fire stopped flights from taking off or landing. Speculation, rumours are that the fire started with an EV. Now, I saw this online as well. Mm, It was kicking off on Twitter especially about this. Um, But they were quick to quash that. Uh, so the uh, the cause of the blaze, uh, blaze, which has damaged well nearly fifteen hundred cars, and obviously sparked that chaos. And uh, just as a note as well, a hundred firefighters, more than a hundred firefighters, battled through the night uh, to extinguish this inferno. Um, the chief uh, fire officer Andrew Hops uh, Hops again or Hop. Hopkinson uh, said that they didn't believe it was an electrical vehicle which started the fire. Now, he's a fire chief for Bedfordshire Fire and Rescue Service. He said it's believed to be a diesel-powered vehicle that started the fire at this stage, uh, which is all subject to verification. And then the fire quickly spread rapidly across the car park. Um I mean, we all saw the videos online of this, uh, obviously kicking off. I mean, there was a video late on Tuesday evening after this had been going for about an hour, I think it was, on, on our local news station. And it was it was a fire. Like, it was just an inferno. It was an absolute inferno. I mean, it's infected a lot of families. Obviously, there are a lot of families who are parked there who are currently on holiday who are obviously set to return home mm. in the next few days and the weeks and stuff. And it's it's terrible how this, is, um, this has happened. So, 
before we sort of get get into that, Carlos, though, do do we know if this was a short? Do we know what sort of car park this was? Because it may have been a short stay car park rather than because they are normally separated, aren't they? So you normally have yeah. I think stay. I think this was the long stay. It was a long because it's it's the one that's set on three levels. So I think this was the long stay one because I'm because we're book, we're booked into there for uh, for this year so you're not now we're, we're not now they can't park now because they won't be going anywhere, I would yeah. well no quite i, I just want i mean the, the one thing that's uh, um and, and i'm 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 speaking from the experience i had obviously with with the car fire that i had here um my only worry for those involved is going to be who's going to be responsible insurance wise mm, yeah that is the thing isn't it? when you claim insurance and you say yeah. to, you've got to i assume nev would have been right in saying you'd, you'd claim against the the carpet the well technically airports. technically as they you know if they, they, they technically you would be attempting to claim from the insurance of the range rover mm. Although I wonder if their insurance policy says uh, that they are not responsible for well, consequential, is... consequential loss or damage. Indeed, perhaps, in some cases, but uh, and, um, no, this was. Uh, I mean, this thing was well alight, wasn't it? And mm. by the looks of it, it was an electrical uh, fault with a vehicle, not for the first time with Range Rovers. Mm say as well um but of course there would be a lot of other electrical vehicles evs in in there at yes. the time because once they're alight with their uh, lithium-ion batteries yeah. and what have you and then you're into a whole world of of trouble mm. yeah indeed it's, yeah it's going to be an interesting one to see how they tidy this one up because i mean for example if your car is uh, third party for example and you're not able to claim from let's say luton airport or whoever it is that's responsible for the car park there's going to be a lot of people who aren't able to get money back for their cars unless there is a special indemnity or policy you know for a scenario like this when it is utterly beyond your control it's also worth noting as well that car park was was the main car park for mm. parking at luton airport you know so people who are flying from loot and obviously the airport is open now um uh, bill you've is, got to you've got to find alt alternative places to park now yeah indeed bill is saying in the in the chat room by the way i thought the fire was part of the airport <laughs> improvement program uh <laughs> which oh. is uh, oh. which i think is what nev was saying earlier in the week let's be honest uh, <laughs> uh, yes but i wasn't really going to broadcast that no, no, indeed, indeed. Uh, but, captain uh, cruise is saying in the chat room actually are cigarette lighters in cars still a thing oh yeah yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, but they're not. They're not for cigarettes now, are they? They're for not powering for your. They're yeah. for powering your devices these days, so exactly. that you can uh, uh, keep things topped up. Apparently, but... there was some criticism online that the uh, the car park didn't have a sprinkler system, which may have um, yeah. would have seriously do, helped. Do to, car uh... parks have sprinkler systems? Though I must admit, that's yeah, not something. One of the uh, two in Norwich have that we use. Oh, have they? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It's been done on the cheap then, hasn't it? Uh, it's been done on the cheap. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on, Nick, uh, do you want to take the next one from um, Aviation24 about this uh, little ding that happened this week? Yeah, we seem to be having a few of these lately, don't we? <laughs> a, a number of um, ground vehicle collisions with aircraft, and it, it seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment, a bit of an expensive trend, I should imagine. So... This was on the 4th of October, a Ryanair Boeing 737-800, and it encountered an unfortunate incident at Stansted Airport. Uh, the aircraft 
operating as flight FR2861 from Luxembourg sustained damage to its right wing when it collided with the roof of a catering truck while taxiing into gate 62. Now, I don't think that's strictly true because it if you look at the video, uh, I don't know no, if it's you're definitely able not a to play that. Uh, oh, there we go. I feel this like video, it was, it was very much <laughs> definitely the fault the, of the, uh, the truck, personally. Yeah, but, I don't... Yeah, the... Uh, uh, the uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> I I love how he tries to reverse out way yeah, like, after he's hit. <laughs> he what, did what, it. Wasn't he me, Gov. Wasn't me. <laughs> so it says here that the collision occurred due to the truck driver's failure to yield on, to the seven three seven. Oh my gosh! For a last minute attempt to brake that proved insufficient to avoid the impact. Fortunately, there were no injuries. Here we go. Let's watch this again then. So, the, so to be fair to the Ryanair, the pilot smack bang on the yellow line as he comes. In. Yeah, he's he's he done stops. a cracking job. Oh, he was cracking job. at a rate of knots though, the, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, to be fair, he he's was, allowed he was to. Taxiing smart. That's pretty normal at Stansted. Yeah, that's, I can say that's pretty. Uh, that's not particularly slow uh, or particularly fast at Stansted. And then the truck just moves away. There he is, look, driving away in the background, like. Yeah, I know. He nothing, drives off. He drives off happened. after the incident. Yeah. I thought when Thank you have an accident, you are supposed to yeah. stop. That's a high lifter yeah. for the. Uh, That's a high wheelchair lifter for the wheelchair system. Perhaps he's just moving out of the way, apparently, to get uh, to get out of the way. But uh, he's gone off to hide in his bedroom. Yeah, well, so as I say, it's like, all right. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness, there's no CCTV at Stansted Airport, eh? Oh dear. Oh. Actually, F uh, F M A in the chat room says I. Like how he drives off after like, like nothing know. happened. It's like uh, just, <laughs> what's going on. It's like right, oh dear, oh dear. I don't think anybody noticed. It's all right. We'll keep going. Um, I'm surprised oh, the side window dear. didn't pop open with some gesturing from the pilot. If I'm honest, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> well, there we go. There, there, there's an unexpected. Uh, I didn't. That's not what I expected to watch. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> what, what What are your thoughts, Mr. Bounds? <laughs> Oh, well, I thought the... that uh, fella driving that uh, vehicle was going a bit fast anyway. But also, I, if you look at the angle uh, of where his windscreen is, uh, now, I'm not saying he, he wouldn't have seen a 737 pulling on stand like that, but, um, you, well, at the end of the day, you've got to be really careful when you're driving around the ramp. Yeah. And aircraft have priority at all times, mm. is all as far as I'm aware. Um, so, yeah, a, a bit of a fail. So a bit of paperwork to be filled out there. It feels to me as though there's if, a If a they level can of... catch the fella if he hasn't driven off. You're, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. He certainly left us a level of complacency. complacency. Yeah. yeah. What's that, Nick? I'm just wondering if there's a bit of a level of complacency amongst these... the. the kind of people I mean, driving these ground vehicles it is a real shame because as i say the ryanair pilot is absolutely bang on the money with that with yeah, that down the yeah. center line there i mean that's that's a full-on bravo that is that's that was beautifully done but but i mean surely you surely when you're used to being around aircraft as you say you must be thinking ahead to um you know sort of thinking right okay i need to sort of like stay clear of the wings i need to stay back so that we know when it swings round and all that kind of thing i mean Ironically, if he had been a few a few metres, maybe even only a metre further back, the wing would have gone right over the top of him. I still argue that's way too close. Uh, um, and let's not, let's not forget what's, what is actually inside those wings as well, Matt. Right. Well, yes. fuel, yes, absolutely, yes. which is not, not good. Uh, needless to say, there have been a lot of very angry uh, Ryanair people there because this plane's obviously now going to have to go out of service, and we all know what a catastrophic effect that has on <laughs> schedules if one of their planes is taken out of service uh, you know, unexpectedly, especially when it wasn't yeah. their fault, in my opinion. Um, 
as you say, as, as Nev's saying there, it's 100% um, you know, right of way by planes, isn't it? You know, if one plane crashes into another, then that's a different conversation altogether. But, you know, the sorry, the truck should have been giving way there, in my opinion. <laughs> now, no, moving on to the next story. Uh, Nev, you've got this one, and we know you love your luxury, Nev. We know you love your luxury. You love your lounges, but um, this, this airline might pique your interest, I think, Nev. Yes, and we know that Sam Chewy loves a bit of luxury as well, don't we? Because on his website, uh, this is all about a new premium leisure airline called Beyond, B-E-O-N-D. Um, and this new airline unveiled its first aircraft in the unique Beyond livery and perfectly appointed cabin with events in Mali and Dubai. Uh, passenger flights are going to be big uh, beginning in November from Munich, uh, Zurich and Riyadh. And uh, new routes uh, were also announced to Milan and Dubai. So this new premium airline uh, unveiled its sophisticated and unique uh, aircraft livery with events in... Mali, the Maldives, attended by dignitaries, investors, supporters and employees at a global media event broadcast online and in person in Dubai. The aircraft showcased its, sorry, the airline showcased its first aircraft, an Airbus A319, seating 44 passengers in a luxurious all-lie-flat configuration. I have to say, it does look rather nice. Mm. Uh, they say, uh, welcome to beyond. Our aim is simple, to fly our customers to the most unique and unspoiled destinations where they can release their inner explorer on the most memorable vacation of their lives, says Tero Tasquila, uh, CEO and founder of Beyond. Um, he says, today is but the beginning of our vision for our customers, embodied by this beautiful aircraft inside and out we could not be ple more pleased to showcase it in the maldives our home and dubai uh, we wish ex uh, especially to thank the government of the maldives and our supporters there the maldives civil, a uh, civil aviation authority and simdi group each of whom believed in our vision for a new airline in maldives our team will do its best to bring tourists to this beautiful nation uh, well beyond uh, inaugural flights are scheduled for November with the Riyadh inaugural one departing on November the 9th and the Munich inaugural one departing on November the 15th with the Zurich one on November the 17th. Uh, between now and the scheduled service launch early bird customers have chartered the aircraft to experience the Maldives. In addition uh, the aircraft announced new routes from Dubai and Milan and that's going to be in uh, March of next year. Uh, Beyond uh, will fly a fleet of state-of-the-art Airbus A320 family aircraft in a unique luxury lay-flat configuration uh, that will be bringing passengers from the Maldives to Europe, the Middle East and Asia-Pacific. Uh, this first Beyond aircraft will be on display at the um, Dubai Air Show, which is next month. And additional Airbus are going to be joining the fleet uh, later this year and early next year. It does look nice, doesn't it? It does look nice. Yeah. So I could manage that. I wouldn't, uh, do you know, I would even say I wouldn't mind not sitting in seat 1A. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that? that's, that's, huge. A, that's a bold statement, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm still desperate for you to sit in seat 1A on a Ryanair plane, I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, yes, well, we haven't managed to do that yet. But no, we'll, we'll, no. We'll I wonder why that. some. I wonder why uh, heels are being dragged on that one. Uh, uh, far too busy at work. <laughs> well, right, very, very okay. it, it's in. It's in planning, Matt. It's in Is planning. It? Oh, don't don't good. worry. We have don't got worry. a plan, but yeah, we we need to just you know make make it all line up. Yeah. Just promise me you'll have a medic team standing by afterwards because I think you're going to need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I hope this this works anyway. This this whole uh, you know luxury mm. kind of thing works. I hope it works on because it has failed for other airlines in the past, hasn't it, Mr. Bounds? As we all know. Yes, I mean the thing is that um, I mean the the BA double O one and double O two services from London City to JFK via Shannon did do quite well, and they had thirty two seats on an A three one eight aircraft. Mm. Um, and that did prove quite popular, but then of course we had the the financial crisis and yes. the, the rest of it, and the, the the price went up very high, and they just weren't filling the aircraft. So you know that's a that's a problem. This is a different kind of service, though I think. So um, it'll be interesting to see, won't it? So, mm. but yeah, it, mm. it looks very nice inside. I do like actually, I do like the the dark livery of the exterior of the aircraft. Well, it makes it look very classy, I think. Yeah, I like that. Bit of a business check look for look, look yeah, to isn't it? Uh, uh, Dirk, Dirk is saying in the chat room, by the way, just check their prices. A trip uh, MUC, male MUC, uh, in November is 3K US dollars. Oh, that's not bad. Oh. That's, <laughs> in that class of travel, that is yeah. not that is not no. too bad. Not is when you. Not? No, 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 no. Uh, had I paid full price for my business class seat, it would have cost me nearly nearly nine grand okay. with American Airlines. Mm. So, three grand for that level of service, cheap as chips, quite literally. Well, well there you go. <laughs> now, Matt, you've got the next story, oh, and uh, it's all about those those lovely lads over with the orange there. And uh, it's good news if you are a, a worker for Airbus. Okay, righty ho then. We'll take a look at this story. It's on the Reuters.com website, and the headline is UK's EasyJet de de agrees deal with Airbus to expand fleet beyond 2028. British airline EasyJet said on Thursday it had reached a proposed deal with Airbus to expand its fleet by up to 257 additional aircraft, plotting its growth beyond 2028 with bigger and more fuel-efficient planes. EasyJet announced the order after forecasting annual profits of £440 million to £460 million. Pounds. That's 542 to $567 million. And said it would restart its dividend, signalling that its recovery from the pandemic was now in full flow. Our strategy is achieving results and so today we have set out an ambitious roadmap to serve more customers and deliver attractive shareholder returns. Chief Executive Johan Lundgren uh, said in a statement, the airline which competes with Europe's biggest airline low-cost carrier Ryanair and British Airways said that it was targeting a pre-tax profit of more than £1 billion in the medium term. Uh, Bernstein analyst Alex Irving said that it was very a very confident outlook. EasyJet believes it has a road to much higher profitability than the street does. Uh, if they are right, numbers will need to come up, Irving said. EasyJet said the proposed aircraft purchase, which is subject to shareholder approval, would add 157 
plus right plus the rights to 100 more with the majority being the larger a321 neo planes for delivery between 2029 and 2034 the airline said that the terms of the deal with airbus were attractive and it gave the airline certainty of aircraft supply easyjet which only flies airbus planes said it considered boeing as part of the competitive process the uh, group said it also planned to convert an existing order for 35 a320 neo planes into the bigger a321 neo jets easyjet founder stelios uh, who owns a 15 percent stake in the airlines he's still about i'm astounded by that yeah has, he's still there yeah has in the past disputed the need for the aircraft to buy expensive new aircraft now uh, here's an interesting question do easyjet actually own their aircraft or do they lease them i don't know i was looking actually matt while you're reading that story mm. the average the average age of a easyjet uh, airbus is around about 10.5 years so 10 11 10 11 year old their aircraft so they're not hugely uh, ancient aircraft but um i wonder whether they whether this whole buying new aircraft thing is to retire perhaps some of their older uh, a320s and uh, you know obviously bringing these new aircraft the neos Mm. Don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to ask someone who knows whether yeah. they if they yeah. own them outright. Well, I don't. I don't think it's one of those things you could type into Google and find out. Do it. Do they own their own? I can try and find them. We'll uh, we'll ask John. John will find yeah, out. John will well, find well, them. Yeah. while we move on to the next story, Nev, you've got the next one, and we're staying in the UK for this one. We are, and uh, it's on the guardiangood.com. Um, it's, this is an interesting one. Armed police surround uh, plane at Stansted Airport after security alert. Oh. Um, well, these reports say that the flight from Nairobi, uh, which was diverted from Heathrow to Stansted, uh, was intercepted by RAF fighters. Uh, armed police have surrounded a Kenyan Airways flight uh, at Stansted after a security alert. The Boeing 787 from Nairobi was due to arrive at Heathrow this afternoon, but was diverted to Stansted uh, in Essex 45 minutes before its expected arrival. Uh, armed police and fire crews were seen around the plane, but the airport continued to operate otherwise as normal. Uh, London Stansted spokesman said that the Boeing 787 landed safely with uh, Essex police in attendance. That was quite dangerous for them to be on the runway. Um, <laughs> but uh, the flight was diverted at 3.45. Uh, the aircraft was escorted to a remote parking stand with normal flight operations now continuing, the spokesman said. One woman posted on Facebook, uh, our flight this morning from Nairobi to London Heathrow, 45 minutes before we were due to land, we were told that we'd been diverted to Stansted. When we arrived in Stansted, loads of police cars. Well, it is Essex, isn't it? Uh, but we've been <laughs> surrounded by all the police. They've all got guns, all dressed in black, and are IDing us. Captain hasn't even said anything. Well, perhaps he's left he, the aircraft. He know. might not have been allowed um, to. Well, quite. Uh, there's a lot of you know, protocol associated with mm. this situation, especially, especially at Stansted. Um, the flight was intercepted by RAF fighter jets from its quick response alert force. It's believed an alert was raised whilst flying over French airspace. Uh, Essex Police spokesman said, we are currently attending an incident at Stansted Airport. Uh, the flight travelling from Nairobi to Heathrow was diverted to Stansted this afternoon 
and the airport does remain open. Uh, Essex County Fire and Rescue spokesman said eight crews are in attendance at Stansted. We are working with Essex Police and what? the airport to bring the incident to a successful conclusion. Mm. Uh, MOD spokesman said RAF Typhoon fighter aircraft from RAF Coningsby were launched as a precaution this afternoon to investigate a civilian aircraft which was approaching the UK. The civilian aircraft remained in contact with air traffic controllers throughout and was escorted to Stansted Airport where it landed safely. Uh, and the incident was then put under the control of civilian authorities. Uh, in a statement, Kenyan Airways said uh, headquarters received an alert of a potential security threat on board KQ-100 operating from Nairobi to Heathrow. KQ management, in conjunction with the security authorities of the government of Kenya and the United Kingdom, carried out a thorough risk assessment of the threat. The crew on board were briefed and all safety and security precautions were taken to ensure the safety and security of our crew and passengers on board. The aircraft landed safely at Stansted Airport for security clearance by UK government security personnel. Boy, that was a long-winded article. Now, this this, this is protocol, isn't it, to be fair, isn't it? So, yeah, like, if there is an incident of this, then Stansted is the designated place at which f flights are diverted, isn't it? That's Yep, and there's plenty of remote areas yeah. away from the terminal and yeah. the main stands as well, just in case anything horrible mm. could happen. So, yeah. I was going to try and do an Essex accent at that oh. point. Oh! Uh, <laughs> police and foreign rescue, but I thought it would be oh. appropriate. So I'm not... What a, what a shame. I didn't do that. That would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, yeah, well, there we go. Um, it's, um, as you say, sort of lack of information and stuff, I guess. But Well, we don't know what the outcome of it is. No, no, this oh, is no. frustration, isn't it? No. Yeah. Obviously, something was going on. Yeah. Indeed. Going back to the earlier story, by the way, while we were talking, uh, John has been doing his research. So an EasyJet to uh, lease around about 50% of their fleet. It changed to, to towards more 50-50 this year. And he sh sent me a lovely little graph that I can't share with you. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so it's about fifty-fifty is is uh, what we're saying at the moment. Uh, so there we go. Yeah, I think a lot of airlines do that now, Matt. A lot of airlines own own some and and, and not others. I think there's there's a couple of airlines who lease their entire fleets <clears throat> unless you're a big airline like Somewhere Emirates, who obviously pay for all their air, or pay for all their aircraft for cash. Mm. You know. <laughs> cash, anyway. Eh? Cash, I know. Turn, turn up with suitcases, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few hundred million for a right. for a new triple seven. That's a that's a big suitcase, to be that fair. It's a big suitcase. I'll give you that. Mm. Yep. Emirates okay. are buying the new uh, are buying John their is saying that A380s from Emirates their lease for thirty five million dollars uh, next week. New A380s for uh, I missed the number there, John. Sorry. Okay. A lot They're, of money. I'm going to type nope. it in the chat. Because okay, he's, he's, he's going to type. Ty typing anyway, in moving so. swiftly on at the show. Then yeah. now, Nev. Uh, obviously, we had the uh, we had the book quiz uh, a while back. You've got you've had the results from that. We've got uh, the names obviously uh, in the app. But you pulled uh, a winner. I think you've have you pulled the winner out yet? Oh, well, this is come as a bit of a surprise to me because I thought we were doing this after the military. But oh, okay, so, we'll I, do the military next. I, then that's I, fine. I'm, I'm happy to do it now if you wish. If you've uh, if everybody is uh, prepared for that moment. Uh, we can do it now. Yeah. Okay. We can so do that. What, what yeah. was the book, Nev? What book so, did we uh, firstly, we have on offer? The book was and is this one, uh, Facing Armageddon, 
with the RAF on Christmas Island, 1961 to 1962, written by Chaz Hall. Uh, Mrs. Nev, unbelievably, has actually read this oh, book. Oh, my goodness. To cover <laughs> and uh, thoroughly recommends it. Oh, she well, was, there we go. It was a very mm. good read. That's good. So the question was, how many Airbus final assembly plants are there around the world for their commercial aircraft and where are they located? Um, so the answer is, uh, well, there's two in France, actually, one in Toulouse and one in Marignan, which is the helicopter plants, final assembly plant. Uh, there's the uh, Airbus one in Alabama, USA. Uh, there's two in China, one of which is the heli uh, final assembly plant. Uh, there's one in Hamburg in Germany and one in Mirabel in Canada. So I was, uh, although I didn't specifically say it, uh, I was actually after uh, the whole commercial range, which obviously does include helicopters as well. Ah, helicopters. Curveball. Like it. Yes. So, there we go. But let's have a bit of a rummage through the uh, the correct answers. Well, there's of answers in there. I'm impressed. Well, there are. There are, actually. Oh, yes, let's just... And being our wonderful listeners, they're always correct answers as well. They, mm. they nearly always are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, the winner of the book this week is Andrew Hall. Uh, Andrew, can't remember if you've held up the camera there, saying to um, Can't remember if you've got your address or not. I will write to you in a second anyway, just to confirm that. And I shall go down to the post office tomorrow and post your book to you. Thank you very much to everybody for taking part. Excellent. Well, I actually, I think Andrew's one of our... Yeah, I've got Andrew's uh, number. I'll, I'll ping him a message. Um and uh, let him know his. Uh, I may well have his address. His one, uh, you got okay. Have a look. Yep. But uh, no, well done. Uh, we 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 in the haste to get the show on the on the road uh, this evening at seven o'clock. We haven't got anything lined up, but I will be posting a a quiz and uh, a prize on our social media this week. So if you keep your eyes on Facebook, I will probably pop that on there. Actually, either this yeah probably this weekend I should get that on there. Uh, so keep your eyes on there with a question as well and a book to win. So keep your eyes on Facebook if you uh, are on there. Uh, up next, then, it's time for some military news. And I know that uh, Nick especially is very excited about the uh, first the, or the story on the military news this week because it is very interesting indeed. Hello? Matt, are you still there? He's gone very quiet, hasn't he? He has gone very quiet, hasn't he? As if he's left the building. <laughs> I think Matt has disappeared. Well, we'll carry on uh, chatting oh, anyway. Just trying to find the... Sorry, we've got a technical issue. Hang on. Where's where's that noise coming from? What noise is that? Well, there's some... I can hear some, a radio. I think it's your mum's telly downstairs. No, it's definitely coming in my headphones from somewhere. Yeah, we have had that this uh, throughout the show, actually. Mm. Just as have a, we? Yeah, yep. a couple of listeners uh, in the chat room. Yes. I don't oh. understand where it's coming from. Okay, try that. There we go. I think I found it. I think it was the Twitter video we played earlier. Oh! There we go. Right. Okay. Anyway, as you were, you did the intro okay, didn't you? So I just need to play the stinger. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go then. Ready? Yes, let's go. 
watch out, buggies 135, 50, angels 16, heading 340. Okay. So the first uh, story in the military news segment this week, and it comes to us from bbc.co.uk, and I know listener Sturman uh, would love this because he's very much into his metal detecting of uh, World War II aircraft bits and pieces. But uh, this is a World War II experimental catapult unearthed by archaeologists. So an experimental catapult designed to launch World War II bomber planes into the sky has been excavated. The prototype Royal Aircraft Establishment Mark III catapult was unearthed at the site of a development at the Harwell Science and Innovation Campus in Oxfordshire in the UK. It was made to enable takeoffs using shorter runways so the aircraft could be loaded with more fuel. The contraption was built uh, between 1938 and 1940 when the site was uh, RAF Harwell. And, uh, however, the project was abandoned without ever launching an aircraft because the engines would wear out and the design did not properly fit the bomber planes. The mechanism was taken out and a normal runway built over the top. The technology was a precursor to catapult-armed merchant or CAM ships, which launched a a Hawker Hurricanes at sea via rocket-propelled catapults. A large rotating turntable directed the aircraft towards one of two concrete track runways, only 82 metres long, or 269 feet. The aircraft was attached to an underground pneumatic ram using a towing hook. Underneath the turntable, Rolls-Royce Kestrel aero engines compressed air to 2,000 psi to drive the ram. The high-pressure air was then forced into the pneumatic rams, which rapidly expanded to the length of the guided track. The bomber would then be catapulted into the sky. Archaeologists at the Museum of London have now recreated a 3D digital replica of the remains. Project officer Susan Porter said a fascinating structure reminds us of the rapid experimentation and innovation of the interwar years and World War II. Crucially, recording the location and appearance of every inch means the catapult is preserved by record for future generations. The catapult has now been dismantled to allow construction work to continue in the area, though the remains are being archived. Excavations also uncovered large lights from another nearby runway and a spigot mortar type gun emplacement used to defend it from attack. Now, the pictures, it is, this thing is huge, really huge, but it's, it's very interesting. Did you even know anything about this, Nev? I didn't, or, no, no. No. Considering it's not far away from me. No. So, it's, yes, amazing. Yeah, obviously catapults used on uh, air um, um Aircraft carriers, uh, gas-powered ones back in World War Two, but obviously this was the design to try and catapult these guys from land. But, uh, yeah, very interesting indeed. So moving on, the next story. And, Nev, uh, um, how would you like this one? Yes, well, on the uh, stripes.com, Japan is renaming its air force as threats from above become more complex 
the Japan, uh, Japan uh, Air Self-Defense Force is adding to its name as potential threats from space become more diverse, complex and advanced, uh, the nation's defense minister said on Tuesday uh, at the airlift hub in western Tokyo. Uh, the change to Air and Space Self-Defense Force is scheduled for fiscal year 2027, according to a document posted on the Defense Ministry website. Um, clad in a green bomber jacket, newly appointed Defence Minister uh, Minoru Kiara told around 100 Japanese airmen at the Air Defence Command headquarters in uh, at Yokota that the threats that they face have become more complicated amid advances in aircraft and missile technology. He told reporters at the HQ that with the event of ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, manned and unmanned aircraft and hypersonic missiles, the threats to our country from the air are becoming more diverse, complex and advanced. Uh, Japan's Air Force frequently scrambles its fighters to meet Chinese and Russian Air Force uh, aircraft approaching uh, Japanese airspace. It also tracks North Korean missile tests over the Sea of Japan, also known as the East Sea, including high-arching uh, ballistic missiles on, uh, that enter uh, that space. Kiara recently returned from Washington, where he met with Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin on October the 4th and discussed Japan's plans to accelerate the acquisition of hundreds of Tomahawk missiles. Japan approved a $51.4 billion defence budget this fiscal year, which started in April, and plans to buy 400 Tomahawks from the United States to develop counter-strike capabilities between fiscal years 2025 and 2027. At Yokota, the headquarters of the US forces Japan, Kiara saw Japan, uh, Japanese and American airmen working closely together, he told reporters. To deal with threats from the air, the Defence Force needs to improve information gathering, communication and use of space, he said. Uh, the Air Defence Force established a space operations group last year at Fuchu Air Base, about five miles south of Yokota. Uh, the US Space Force is expanding its presence in Japan and may establish an HQ at uh, Yokota, General Chance Saltzman, who's the Chief of Space Operations, told reporters in Tokyo on September 25th. Securing the use of space is the vital issue for national defence, Kiara said on Tuesday. Don't panic, I'm here. I was just slightly concerned uh, I, that you hadn't... There's no point in asking me for comment on military... <laughs> fully engaged with that item that I just read <laughs> Matt, you've, you've just spent the last week with uh, our own military correspondent. We didn't talk uh, about military at all. <laughs> in fact, we, we, we kept plane chat down to an absolute minimum as well, I'm pleased to say. So... Uh, so, yeah, indeed. Uh, I just oh. had some amazing aviation experiences rather than talking about it. So. Oh, bless. There we go. Now, Nick, uh, you've got the next story, and uh, it's all about something we love on the show in the military segment. It's all about tankering. <laughs> yeah, a bit of, a, a bit of uh, refueling and um, wet and dry couplings, apparently. Ooh. We'll get onto those in a minute. Uh, so... <laughs> In 2020, an Airbus MRTT, which is a multi-role tanker transport uh, test, carried out the world's first ever fully automatic refueling contacts during a flight test campaign over the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, this involved an Airbus a, um, a 310 MRTT test aircraft equipped with the Airbus A3R solution. 
and a Portuguese Air Force F-16 jet acting as the receiver. Uh, in July 2022, the A330MRTT became the world's first tanker certified for automatic air-to-air refueling operations in daylight conditions, with the F-16s and A330MRTTs as receivers. Today, Airbus announced the successful completion of a testing campaign um, and the F-15 fighter of the Republic of Singapore, sorry, I put my teeth back in, uh, ahead of its certification in the first half of 2024. The testing campaign took place over the course of three weeks in August and included more than 500 automated wet and dry contacts with the Air Force's full fleet of receiver aircraft. This is where we need a military expert to tell us what that actually (laughs) means. Uh, Including the F-15SG aircraft variant based on the standard F-15E. The flight tests with the the F-15SG were conducted in Singapore under the supervision of the Spanish Certifying Authority, the National Institute for Aerospace Technology, and covered the whole operational A. AR envelope in different weather conditions. The test campaign also included a night A3R and involved also Singapore F-16 receivers with the purpose of enabling night capabilities with the automated system. The way the A3R system operates is particularly interesting as it needs ARO air refueling operator to simply monitor the operation And in fact, once the system activates, it's the A3R system that flies the boom automatically and keeps the boom alignment between the boom tip and the receiver receptacle with an accuracy of a couple of centimeters. The proper alignment and the receiver stability is checked in real time to keep a safe distance between the boom and the receiver and to also determine the optimum moment to extend the telescopic beam to achieve the connection with the receiver. After the plug, the fuel transfer is initiated to fill up the receiver aircraft and once completed and the disconnection is commanded, the boom is cleared away from the receiver by retracting the telescopic beam and flying the boom away to keep a safe separation distance. That all sounds jolly clever. That's really cool because obviously there's a, a significant amount of um, skill on behalf of the, the receiving pilot in order to get their aircraft properly aligned and then um, having the, the boom extended down uh, to, to enable the, the refueling process to take place. So any degree of automation that can make that easier and safer has, has got to be a good thing. But it uh, must be quite a significant amount of uh, r&d that would have gone into that i should imagine mm. it's it's all it's, it's still something that that baffles me it's that you know the magic of refueling in air is just utterly astounding to me yeah it's pretty cool and i don't know if it's ever been part of flight sim you know i've, I've that's one of the things i've never looked at obviously can flying commercial airliners on microsoft flight sim and x-plane perhaps someone else who uh probably flies more military stuff on those sims can say if there is part of the sim the way you can do um air air refueling and there probably is i've never looked into it so i wouldn't know but yeah yeah that would be fun i think Mm. so that is the last military news story for this week but 
Yes, I've managed to get the prize, run quickly, to dip out of the studio, get the prize for the quiz this week. Uh, remember a few weeks ago, me, Matt and Nev uh, went across over to Duxford for the uh, Battle of Britain Memorial Day air show. We had a great day there, met uh, a few of our listeners and also uh, managed to pick up a mug a, from the guys over at the Sally B. Me and Nev had a good old... We had a good old rummage round the Sally B, didn't we, Nev? Had a, had a really good look round the Sally B, all yeah, inside brilliant. and out. Uh, grabbed one of these off the guys from the Sally B. It's a lovely thing to have your, to have your, uh, well, your tea or coffee or whatever you may be drinking. If you're Matt Smith, obviously it'll be full of red wine. But uh, this is a great little prize here. We're going to give away this week. It's a nice, easy question for anyone who's listening. So if you want to get a chance to win uh, this mug, this glorious sally b mug with a lovely picture there in color uh, of her the b17 on the mug as well uh, the simple question is this is the sally b on the mug but if you look on the other side of the sally b what name is printed or painted on the opposite side of the front end of the sally b Ooh. pop those answers in an email as you know it's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, more details on those at the end of the show. Pop your answers in there, not in the chat room, not in Facebook or anywhere like that, but on the uh, email. Send us an email with your correct answer. It's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. So there she is, Sally B, in all her glory there on the mug. But look on the other side of uh, the aircraft and what name very very famous name is painted on the other side of that aircraft get your answers in via email and we'll pull the winner out of a hat on next week's show captain cruise says sally a by any chance <laughs> oh, captain cruise honestly sally one a sure oh, <laughs> sally yes yes anyway so there we go there's our quiz for this week get yourself a lovely little mug there uh, courtesy of our friends over at uh, the sally b uh, so, quick round, Rob, before we wrap up the show. Obviously, uh, everyone is... Matt's still got a touch of the old uh, jet lag. Nev has had an incredibly busy week this week, bless him. He's been very busy uh, working hard. And, uh, yeah, quick round, Robin, of what's going on next week in all the worlds of us. So, Nev, what's going on in the world of Mr Bounds next week? Lots of driving again next week. Uh, now I've got my puncture fixed. Oh, that was a bit of a moment, I can tell you, this week. Um, and an expensive one as well. Uh, so, yes, uh, Brighton, Newark, not that Newark, but the one in Nottinghamshire. All up and down the, the motorways of the United Kingdom again this week, uh, coming. Um, and, uh, yes, a, a hectic time at work, that's for sure. I'm, I should be slowing down a bit, but that doesn't appear to be happening right now. But uh, Anyway, no. I'm grateful to have a job. And I'm grateful to work for the company I work for. I just thought I'd put that out there in case. <laughs> yeah, quite absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Matt, obviously, uh, once you're over your uh, jet lag, you'll be seeing, seeing coming to see me for dinner next week. But what are you up to? Yeah, well, sort of straight straight back into it. It's a busy a busy weekend of Park Radio bits and pieces that will keep me busy, obviously, on the radio today and to, uh, sorry tomorrow. Um, oh, in fact, I was on the radio this morning, wasn't I? I'm, I'm doing breakfast at the yes, moment until Tuesday, basically, including weekend breakfast. Uh, and then uh, two Park Radio events, one at Oktoberfest 
uh, over at the Oaksmere in Dis, and then on the Sunday I'm here in Bungie with the Food and Drink Festival. Um, so lots of park radio bits and pieces. Um, uh, fun fun fact for you: uh, when my colleagues stay in Dis, because one of our big customers, as you know, is in Dis. I do, yes. Uh, they stay at the Oaksmere. Do they? Ah, oh, there you that? go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you can't stay at the Park Hotel anymore, but we won't go into that. Not a bit, oh, bit political on air. Uh, <laughs> it's not oh, gone good. down well, let's say. It's Ooh. currently being used by the government. Uh, <laughs> So, which right. is, no, it's, a, it's a big story here locally, not that anyone else will care. Uh, but just yeah, just so. quickly, before we go anywhere, just had a message in on our WhatsApp number from Mark. He's watching us in Cyprus at the moment. Oh, very good. That's what we Hello, like Mark. Yes. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's a bit of a sad time in the world of Matt at the moment. Everything's all a bit, because obviously the big thing that I've been looking forward to all year has been and gone now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a sort of a spiral of depression now for the next, uh, I don't know how long till I get the next trip booked in. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, well, in fact, actually, no, I do have the next thing in my diary that I'm going to try and look for. I don't have a date nailed down other than the fact that I'm going to Dubai in September. But uh, Oh, exciting. Indeed. Exciting. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully anyway. Anyway, fingers crossed. Yes. And uh, Nick, what's uh, what's going on in the world of Nick? Are you jumping on the old uh, bike this weekend? Uh, not a lot planned this weekend. I had a nice... I should give a shout-out to the guys over at Benbridge Airport because we uh, I went over there with my son last weekend and uh, we had a nice little time watching the, the GA comings and goings. And, uh, yeah, a nice friendly bunch over there. So if anyone's in, in that neck of the woods, I would definitely recommend it. So, um yeah, it was good. Good, nice, uh, nice afternoon. Um, uh, very friendly and accommodating. Well, that's the thing with these GA airfields around the UK. They are all a friendly bunch there. Whenever you go, and they serve great food as well. Uh, John, what are you up to next week? Oh, brilliant! Sounds fantastic. Well, enjoy that, won't you, John? I hope you have lots of fun doing that. Anyway, that is I'm, uh, where <laughs> I'm just reading about the Park Hotel. Oh, oh. yes. Quite a lot of content there, isn't there? There is, yes. What a shame none of it is aviation-related. Otherwise, we could dine out on it for about an hour, at least a whole show. Uh... <laughs> anyway, well, that's uh, where we're going to bring episode 475 of the show to a close. Obviously, we're going to let these guys get away because they are very tired tonight, bless them. As you said, Matt's had a very long week, as has Mr. Bounds. Uh, so a slightly shorter show this week. Just but tired uh, still, and irritable tonight. Yeah, still that's loads of great fact. stuff, though. Don't forget the competition. Uh, I'll pop that on the socials as well, just in case you missed it. So... That's it. We'll be back hopefully next Friday uh, for episode 476, ever closer to 500. Uh, so from me, Carlos, here in the home studio, from Nev in his glorious studios, from Matt in the PTUK Master Suite studios, and from Nick in his home studio, and from John as well in his uh, studio. Have a great weekend, whatever you're up to. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, everyone. See goodbye, you everyone. Bye.